I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Kat and JJ are enjoying some good weather at the beach this week, so I have a great co-host. It is Catherine. You know her from the Murder sh- Murdership. Jesus, that is not the name of your podcast. The <laughs> Murder and Mediumship podcast, and she has obviously co-hosted and been on as a guest. We're so happy to see you, Catherine. Thanks for coming back on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, congratulations on the new house. It's been fun following your journey online. Thanks. It's chaos, as you know now. Now that yeah. I know that you're in the same chaos, it is probably more chaos than bringing a new child into this world, buying, selling the whole nine. It is insane. And uh, <laughs> good luck. It's certainly about as expensive as bringing a child into the world. <laughs> yeah, it um, is. But when it's all said and done, it's so worth it. On this episode, we had a fan reach out. Ashley was kind enough to come on as a guest. Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And so I know you've listened to some of our episodes. How did you find Real Hauntings? Um, I was first listening to like horror stories. I was listening to like Dr. No Sleep and stuff like that. And I wanted something that was more personal and real because those you can tell those fake scary stories. I love horror stories and like reading horror books, movies. I'm a horror fanatic. So then I went from there and you guys were one of the first ones that popped up when I was looking up paranormal stories. And I clicked on it and it started a whole whirlwind of listening to episode after episode. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Have there been any episodes that have really stuck with you so far that you've listened to? Um, yeah, there was a couple. The Purple Mommy, for yeah. sure. Everybody was the, uh, what's Devin Demons? That was yeah. a crazy, crazy one. <laughs> well, you know, we love to find out where our guests fall on the Believometer. Zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts and 10 ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you fall on that scale? I'd 
say probably an eight. I was thinking about that. And like, I go back and forth because there are some days where I'm like, yeah, I fully believe it because I've experienced. But then there are some days where things happen where I question it, you know, just like everybody does. Yeah, I know. I, I tend to get closer and closer to a 10 every episode we do of this right. podcast. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's part of the journey of doing, I, I almost want to call them investigations, these interviews, even though I know they're, you know, we're not collecting statistical data or, you know, we right. don't have meters running or uh, ectoplasm or anything like that, but um, lie detectors on yeah. everybody, <laughs> <laughs> but um, hearing all these stories certainly really start to convince you. Absolutely. Well, I would love to jump right into your story. So why don't you start us kind of at the beginning of what happened and we'll kind of go from there. Okay. Well, one of my first memorable ones was when I was younger. I grew up in a little, it was like a block, two block area. It's called Ontario, but it's an 84 PA. Um, it was an old mining community. So the big, big building that is now abandoned in the middle of the woods used to be the main mining like office and the big building that they used. Um, it was active in the 1920s and all the houses that are still there are the ones that were built for the miners and the bosses that lived in that little block. They are still basically the original houses, original builds. Most of them are in shambles now. There's a lot of houses that I grew up that were just abandoned and just left when this huge crash happened and uh, basically the mine collapsed. And it's reported, I've seen a whole bunch of different reports that like they say nine to 10 people died and some reports say 30 to 60 people died just trying to unbury people. So I grew up completely exploring those woods, those abandoned houses and just, you know, running like crazy like kids do. Um, so one of the houses was completely filled with just garbage. And it was like, they never cleaned it out. And it was really weird us being kids, we used to try to go in there and, you know, move stuff around, see if it was moved the next day. And, you know, we never knew if it was somebody else messing with us or if it was just our minds playing tricks on us. But I lived on a dead end street. It was a group of us kids. We were probably the, all between the range of like eight to 13. We were all riding our bikes down the street. And all of us in the same exact time are coming down the street stopped and we looked over into the woods at this building and we all looked at each other and just took off we didn't even say anything we just all took off riding down the street nobody said anything we were just like oh my god so later on that day we were all sitting there and everybody was like okay so like i don't remember who mentioned it first or like how we got into the subject but we were like did anybody like why did we do that? Did everybody see the same thing? And everybody in our group saw a little girl. But this little girl, have you guys seen Ghost Ship? Okay, that's what, what I always like. I hadn't seen Ghost Ship yet at all. But that's what we all saw was this little girl in this old fashioned dress with long hair and just standing there. Is staring. Ghost Ship, is that a TV show or a movie? I haven't seen a movie. That. Okay. An abandoned ship in the middle of the ocean that like everybody's been looking for for okay. years. And it's a really good movie. I, I absolutely uh, recommend it. It's one of my favorites actually now, but that's the only on that ship that was <laughs> the only kid on that ship is exactly what it reminded me of. It was a full body apparition. She was standing in front of the building and just standing there. And all of us saw it. We all like, were like, oh my God. If you don't mind me asking, what was the telltale sign for you that it was an apparition and not just a person? 
you could see the building behind her like straight through her you could see her yeah it was completely transparent apparition and we all explained her and seen her like the same Mm. (laughs) and the fact that nobody said anything we all looked at each other and was like oh my god and took off like booked it down to the other end of the street so there was a couple there was the big big building that's still there which i found a website on it somebody took pictures and like posted all kinds of stuff about the story of the mine but that's the only building that's really still standing i used to go camping a lot as a little girl so the one weekend we left we came back and the building that this little girl was standing in front of had collapsed and like we came back and we were like there was a building across the street here and we went over to it and it was just in shambles like it, it was almost like we were like was it really there like you know and the fact that it happened right after we seen her we were like, wow. Well, I remember like when we were always in the woods growing up, they used to, I always thought it was like attempt to scare us because they used to tell us that the shafts are still up there and, you know, they could collapse at any time. And like, you know, people would just disappear in the woods kind of thing. But then you think of it and you're like, really? <laughs> you know, cause nobody I knew had ever just disappeared in the woods, mm-hmm. but it's been there since the twenties. So I used to play up in the slate dumps that were still up there. <laughs> so like, it was just a little area of woods to us. Did any of like your your parents or any, did anybody confirm that they had also seen that ghost or heard of that ghost or anything that had happened? No, they thought we were crazy. <laughs> Me and my sister, we told them the story and we were like, we swear we seen something. And then when we came home and the building was like collapsed, you know, we were like, oh my God. And they were like, you didn't see anything. You know, you guys play up there all the time. You guys would know. But we were young. We just, you never know. And Catherine, I'm curious to get your take on this because we hear stories where there are entities in homes that have no trauma attached to them. The homes are brand new. or And then you hear stories where they're more, I would say, traditional ghost stories. You know, they're on a Civil War battlefield or, you know. Right. Uh, something similar to this where there's been a bunch of they're all in uniform yeah I'm so so glad you brought that up because this is something we've talked about with being in our new house it was built in the 1980s so it's 35 ish years old um I don't really want to put numbers on anything because it makes me (laughs) second guess and do the math on my own age and that hurts a little bit but ultimately it's on a very um historically rich plot of land. Lots of Native Americans were moved, lots of Civil War activity. There's signs up for Civil War battleground trails to like go hike on and that sort of thing. And lots of Revolutionary War activity. So being here, and I'm in Virginia, um, kind of on the coast, well, not kind of, on the coast in Chesapeake, which is near the more widely known Virginia Beach. So Um, for me, and I grew up in Buffalo, which is not far from Pennsylvania border. So all of that is stuff that we drive through like on the way up. And I always say how creepy the entire state of Pennsylvania is because there's just so many (laughs) empty buildings and you drive past, it freaks me out a little bit. But when you saw that little girl, the first thing I got, it was, it kind of shocked me because I expected you to say you saw a full grown man standing there. And I almost feel like he was behind her. And that I was going to ask you, was that house or was that a house that she may have lived in that collapsed? Like more how it was houses and a larger building? The building was more like part of the mine that was one of the offices because there was a big, big building that was like 
garage lake like it was okay. all set up like it was a big open garage with like an like a warehouse yeah okay. yeah and then this house was like kind of behind it down the hill a little bit where maybe it was like a storage house okay. or you know <clears throat> but when I tried to do research the mine wasn't open for very long like right after the collapse they basically sold it and shut down and it was never used again ever and it was coal <clears throat> yeah yeah coal coal okay so what I would, what I would kind of guess or what I would assume without like really feeling into it, I would assume that this little girl was connected to other people who were there. Mm-hmm. Um, what you have, there's a difference between like residual hauntings and intelligent hauntings. And when you have an intelligent haunt, it's a spirit who is, who could communicate with you essentially and with the residual haunt you're going to get more of like an energy imprint. Like um, at my mom's house growing up, we could hear someone going up and down the stairs. And every couple of days you'd hear someone falling down the stairs, come to find out one of the owners fell down the stairs, having a heart attack. Same time every night you would hear that, or if you were awake for it. Um, right. I was a very light sleeper living in that house. So I heard it more frequently than other people would, but everyone would hear it. Then you would also have a spirit who you could be like, give like the whole knock thing where it, are you a female knock twice for that? And you'd hear. Right. So with that little girl, I feel like this is something I'm so sorry. Speaking <laughs> of hound dogs, mine is barking now um, because she feels neglected and left out of whatever she wants to be doing. But with this little girl, I would be inclined to say that she was likely connected to that property and that mm-hmm. she likely died later, but came back to this area this is where her energy is tied to so you can have you like don't she, have to haunt maybe one of the kids yeah there's died. trauma there so she goes right. back to that place like in our old house we had someone who was quote haunting that space but he was alive when we bought the house he passed after he came back to that space does that make sense right because I was like his comfortable spot right exactly <laughs> When I was looking into it, like the houses, it was where the families of the miners lived too. So like mm-hmm. she could have been in that area and like, but I could never find anything about that area other than that mine being there and the collapse. And Catherine, in your opinion, what is it that the spirit is trying to accomplish by appearing to, you know, a handful of kids, like they're on an episode of Stranger Things? Like what, what is the <laughs> end goal there? You know, I would say it varies on every spirit, what they're trying to connect with. Sometimes I think it's more that you are able to see that spirit. So they're showing up to you, kind of like looking for someone to acknowledge them. Um, In her case, I would say I would be more than willing to assume that she saw a bunch of teenagers. You were around middle school age. Yeah, we were, we ranged from like eight to 13 because it was all the neighbors that we grew up with. You, I think it's more that she saw someone who she could connect with because of the age and boom, there you were. And we're not so apt to not believe in that sort of thing. Even at that age, you question it. So I think that it was more that she was showing up because y'all could all see her and boom, there she was. I don't think it was necessarily even trying to accomplish something other than saying, I'm like, here, pay attention to me. I have a story. I would be very willing to bet that she didn't pass there she passed later and she came back there. And I really, I wrote down over here, like daddy died. Like this is somewhere where like her stability was lost. This is probably where like, and I just got chills again. 
daddy, I haven't cleansed <laughs> this new house either yet. I'm going to, my husband's going to be so mad later. Um, it was really that energy. I was hearing daddy died, daddy died, daddy died. And I also, when you were talking about the numbers earlier, I heard 46, I would be more inclined to believe it was in the forties of the amount of people who passed there. Okay. Yeah, like it was a wide range and it, it was in the same article. I thought it was so weird because it said when the collapse happened, like only a few people died. And then at the bottom, it was like, I think it was like during the search and while they were trying to take everything and it said a multiple of like multiple people died. And I was like, that's a big difference, like less than 10 to a couple dozen, you know? First reports, right? First reports back then versus now where it can be updated on the news cycle with a snap of a finger. I would say that's more what that's around. And also they don't want people to not come there. They want them to continue to show up. So if you're talking about a mind collapse and like 40 some odd people died in it, who's going to go there? You know? Right. Right. Like that's what we did. We just explored all the woods, like, half of my life growing up it was probably unsafe but at least we were outside right (laughs) and so actually when that (laughs) happened how old were you did you say when that happened um well my sister was probably seven or eight so I was probably like 10 and so you're 10 you see this apparition as being a 10 year old Mm -hmm. did you quite understand the kind of gift or odd occurrence of what had just happened or did you just kind of pass it off as like that's weird and went on about your life yeah basically that's what it was we were like you know who could that be because we're up there all the time there's nobody gonna be up there and then the fact that we all saw it and looked at each other and didn't say anything it was, it was kind of like we knew but then we were all like don't think about it don't think about it let's just go play down the street somewhere else right now <laughs> And so how old were you? You asked what the goal, her goal was. I had like a thing with a uh, hocus pocus. And the only thing was, Zachary Binks, what took you so long? <laughs> like she was looking for her dad. Yeah. Yeah. You never, I mean, it's just the fact that, so I guess my next question would be, mm-hmm. you were in a group. Have, are you still in communication with any of those people that you were with at that time? Um, I mean, mutually, not really close to where we talk, but like, I grew up in this neighborhood and I started kindergarten with the same people that I graduated with. So it's a not a big class of people. The neighborhood's small. We all basically knew each other and grew up together our entire lives. But most of us, like, you know, we drift apart and I have them like on Facebook to where I could talk if I needed to, but we don't, I'm not like good friends. My sister does remember it. We have brought it up and we have talked about it and stuff like that. My sister's three years younger than me. So it was like something one time she was like, was, did this really happen? Like, you know, do you remember this? Was it real or is this in my head? And I was like, no, I remember that too. Like that actually happened. So the fact that, you know, at least one other person, you know, who also saw the ghost, Mm -hmm. how does that make you feel? I mean, I know you said you were an eight, but does that is that do you think it's cool is it weird do you wish it wouldn't happen or I mean no I'm I'm glad it happened because I mean I've always been interested in that stuff even at a young age I was into horror movies and stuff like that probably around then was when I was getting into it so it was kind of like one of those things where at first you would think it was in your head but then as everybody else saw the same thing you were like oh my gosh it actually it's real yeah like we all saw it yeah, I think now my that's... other story is the one that's like everybody kind of experienced the same thing, but you know, put their own logic to it in a way. 
This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your Wild Grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Okay, well, yeah, let's jump right in. Okay, so um, last year when WrestleMania was in Tampa, it was at the Cuban Club in Ybor in Tampa. And so this Cuban Club, I didn't know it beforehand, but after I got home, I did tons of research on the place and there are a bunch of paranormal like uh, movies and shows and stuff like that that people investigate. Well, the event was supposed to happen in the parking lot, and we were there all weekend. Multiple people had, like, weird feelings there, or, like, you know, everybody was saying, oh, did you know this place is, like, one of the top haunted places in the United States? And you had your people that were like, don't tell me that. I don't need to know that. And there were people that was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Let's go explore. Well, I was interested, but I also, I worked for the company that we were there with. So we were so busy doing all kinds of stuff that I didn't really have time to actually you know, explore and kind of experience anything. But I was very interested with the fact that it was haunted. So it started pouring rain and we had to move the, our event, it was one of the last events of the day. We had to move the entire ring upstairs into the uh, the ballroom at the very top floor. We moved a wrestling, full-size wrestling ring up three stories <laughs> through a fire escape, crazy. So as it started pouring, we all hurry up and we're trying to like get all the sound equipment and all the stuff out of the room. While we're doing that, the guy that runs the promotion lost his phone. Okay. We're like looking everywhere. Me and my husband are looking for like an hour straight after everything's put inside and we're like, okay, 
we hadn't figured out we were moving upstairs yet. The doors upstairs were locked. We were only supposed to be out in the basement in the parking lot. So for an hour while we were trying to figure out like, are we canceling our show? Are we postponing it? You know, what are we doing because of it starting raining <clears throat> right now? So that was when <clears throat> me and my husband were searching, searching, searching. So iPhone, he's like, oh my God, I have an iPhone. Takes my phone and he says, let me log in to find my iPhone real quick. So we're like, okay. He logs in to find my iPhone and it says that it's right outside the door. So his phone is still active, it's still on. It says it's right where he was sitting. We're searching, we're searching, we're searching. We can't find it, it's not there at all. Like we gave up. So it stopped on the find your iPhone. Do you have an iPhone? Um, do you yeah, know how I find do. iPhone works? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you're on find my iPhone and it's active, but say your phone dies or turns off, It'll say last seen or last however many minutes ago. So all of a sudden it stopped tracking. Okay. So like his phone says this spot, however many minutes ago. And we're like, okay, whatever. So he's like, well, it's either off. It got waterlogged. My phone's ruined. Don't worry about it anymore. We, we have bigger things to worry about. Right. So we're like, okay. He talked to the dude was like, we have to move everything upstairs. We're still running our show. We're just going to start a couple minutes late. So we're like, all right, move the ring upstairs. At this point, nobody's thinking about the phone, but everybody had known that we were searching for this phone in, in our area. So like, it's not like nobody, we were frantically looking for this because all his stuff for the show was on there. So he's like, whatever, I'll just log into everything on my computer. We can con continue the show, worry about what we have to worry about. So we're like, okay. Dude goes upstairs and he unlocks everything for us to put the ring onto the dance floor in the ballroom. Things finally start to settle down and we're all kind of like trying to compose ourselves because we're all so frantic right at that point, like millions of things going on around us, you know, trying to set the ring up, trying to get everything together. How are we going to run this show right now doing everything like this? So we're all sitting there talking. He's on his computer, everything like that. <clears throat> we're like, okay, we can do this. We got this show. It's going to run. All of a sudden he looks over and in the one corner of this room, it was the only couch there at all. It was everybody that was looking for his phone were the only people sitting around him. And he looks over and goes, is that my phone? And it was on the back of the couch in the corner of the very top floor where we had just entered. The guy to the Cuban club had to open the gate at the steps and the, the uh, fire exit. And we were the only ones there. And he looked around and he was like, grab that. He's like, did somebody bring this up here? And everybody's like, no, we would have told you. Like, you were looking for it. Why would we bring it up here and just set it there? You know, everybody was like, we were all stunned. We were like, what in the world just happened? Who put this phone here? Like, no explanation whatsoever. He looked at it. It's not wet, not waterlogged, and it has 4% battery. Why did it stop tracking? Nobody, nobody understood it. So is your <laughs> belief that like a, a ghost moved his phone or what, what are, what was y'all's thought process of what happened? Yeah, that, that was basically it. Cause like, it was like, haha kind of thing. Like somebody messing with us. That's why we asked like, who brought this up here? You know, like did somebody playing a joke, find it and stick it in their pocket and set it up there? 
nobody, nobody knew how it got up there at all. <clears throat> and afterwards, there was, <laughs> we found out it was on the way home, because we had a long drive home, um, we were looking up stories. And one of the stories was down where he originally lost the phone is the most active place in the building. And it's this little boy that died in the pool, like in the pool area. And his name was Timmy. <laughs> so I kept messing up. I was like, little Timmy had your phone, you know, just that kind of thing. But this, the whole place was like freaky feeling. Like the one room was the pizza room and it was freezing. Everybody would go in there, grab a piece of pizza and walk out. Like nobody would stand in there at all. Nobody would go into the elevator. It was like a rickety old elevator, but everybody went up these steps. It was like three sets of spiral steps up both corners. And everybody preferred to go up three sets of steps than take the little elevator because it just, you got in it and you were like, this ain't right. <laughs> you didn't yeah. feel alone in there. I'm going to grab some water real quick. I cannot stop Absolutely. coughing. Just give me one second. You're good. I'll let me grab a drink too. <laughs> I feel like little boy ghosts are often the most mischievous. <laughs> right. I think that's a, I, I really, really believe that. That's, it's funny that you say that too, because even with uh, what I have found, and I credit it to my grandmother, who was the one who started bringing me spirit when I started connecting as a medium, she would bring me spirits in my dreams. And that is like a safety thing with me. I know if I see her, smell her, know her presence, then what I'm connecting to is safe. But she would, um, if I'm doing too much, if I'm working too much, if I'm not paying attention or not being present in a moment, she will hide things that I am supposed to be. Supposed That's kind to of be. funny. <laughs> yeah, and she'll she'll hide them. Um, or if I'm really angry, if I go to leave, my keys are often gone, and it's I know it's her. Like you're not going anywhere. <laughs> angry. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, because we had a really. It, like extensive accident in our family from someone leaving very angry so those will disappear when you're angry and I always thought that was really funny because it, it's definitely her once you find it yeah. you'll smell like cigarette smoke just like that so right it, it doesn't surprise me at all that a little boy was hiding that when you started telling that story I was like they're already upstairs behind the locked door <laughs> right but that's, like that's it not was surprising. crazy because nobody on the way home he was like I'm going home and getting a new phone like I, I can't do it and I was like why <laughs> like it he really just wanted a new phone <laughs> right he was like I can't do this I can't use this phone but after I had looked into stories on it it was funny because like on ghost hunters that was where like the little boy downstairs was when they were he they were having him turn off and on the flashlight and like just crazy stuff like that and they were saying that's the most active ghost in the building and we were like oh my gosh like could it really happen where he moved the phone all the way up to the tops floor because nobody had been upstairs to put the phone up there right like it no. was like you guys went up there and the phone was kind of already there right okay. and we were the first ones up there we didn't let any of the fans in like everybody was down on the second floor waiting at the bottom of the steps for us to open everything up so the only people that were there were the wrestlers the crew and like the few people you know that were close and, and Catherine, should we be horrified that something we can't see or touch can just move <laughs> our shit around? Because that's pretty scary. Maybe, but yeah. I say no. <laughs> but I was just sharing with Ashley that my grandmother will hide stuff on me. If I'm like frustrated and I want to leave the house, she'll hide the keys so I can't just go or something like that. Um, 
And I, I think that I think that especially little boy spirits can be quite mischievous. Yeah. Um, and it's just to be expected. I think that that level of energy isn't necessarily, I think that's Hollywood that has you scared. Does that make sense? <laughs> right. I think Hollywood scares you. And Ghost Ship is a really good movie. I second that. Go watch that. I'll have to um, check that out. Yeah, for sure. Maybe I can watch it this The first weekend. scene is the best scene, but it is the whole movie is really good. <laughs> it's, it's a good one. Um, yeah. For sure, though, I, I don't think that it's something to be afraid of. I think that there's mischievous and there's evil and there's a big difference. Yeah. Big, I've big, never big really difference. been afraid of anything that's happened to me. There was also one other story with uh, the Cuban club. There was the one dude that drove with us. And on the way home, he randomly said something. And he was like, did anybody else see the girl standing, uh, staring in the mirror the entire time? She was like, he was like, she was there like constantly. And he was like, I thought maybe she was like on drugs and was just like tripping out, looking at herself kind of thing. Well, me and my husband, we were like, what are you talking about? We walked up these up and down these stairs probably 30 to 50 times between the entire day. We were like, there was no person just standing in the mirror and in, in either of the corners because the, there was a stairwell in each corner of you know the sides of the, uh, the rooms. So it was like, and in the corners, there was like the whole pane in both corners were mirrors. So like you could see yourself the entire time. And I was like, no, like you're crazy. And he was like, don't, he was like freaked out. He was like, don't tell me that, you know, like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. So crazy thing was I went on to the Facebook of the Cuban club and the very first picture that popped up was a woman in one of those mirrors. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. I sent it to him. He was like, stop Like it. on the <laughs> other side of the mirror, like with nobody no, in front of it? like where it was standing, kind of looking in the mirror, in front of the mirror, but the picture was of the mirror to where you could see her kind of like standing, looking at herself. It was, it was crazy. You, you'll have to look it up. Look at the Cuban, the Cuban Club of Ybor, and it's one of the like main pictures there. Yeah, it sounds super haunted. Yeah. Well, they have ghost tours there all the time. And actually, I guess there was ghost tours still going on because the ghost tour isn't just of the building. It's like a, the whole Ybor town itself. Mm. So there was actually a ghost hunt that somebody, one of the people that was in our crew walked in on in the theater room. And she like turned around. She met me back at, at, like later in the day and was like, did you know they give ghost tours here? Because I walked into a group of people and then I started talking and realized that like they weren't with the wrestlers. Like they were not with us in our group. <laughs> and we were like, hmm, that's weird. Well, actually, I know people that listen to the podcast say, why not me? Why can't I see a ghost? Why haven't I had an experience? Do you feel like there's anything about you that has given you the ability to have these experiences? Are you super empathic or, I mean, anything like that? No, not really. I mean, I don't look for it either. It's just kind of instances where, so this is kind of funny. We bought our house about four years ago. One of my dog's favorite toys is this little magnetic ball that was actually a baby toy, like the baby magnetics. So it was one of the only balls that we found that he didn't destroy. Favorite ball, when we lived in our trailer, he always had it. When we moved in here, he had it for a couple of days and it disappeared. Okay, we couldn't find it. We looked everywhere. We were like, okay, our other dog either stuck it somewhere, it's under something. Didn't think anything of it. Okay, completely forgot about it. Over a year and a half later, we're up in our living room and we're just rearranging some furniture and pick up this 
little end table that sits in the middle of our living room. Like we are under it all the time and the ball is there. Hmm. My husband looks up at me and was like, when did you find this? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, the blue magnetic ball. And like, my dog was like, oh my God, like, there it is. Like, he was so excited. And we just looked at each other and was like, we, we asked my stepson and was like, did you find this? Like, where did this come from? Nobody knew. To this day, we still don't know where that ball was for over a year and a half. <laughs> and here we are like, hmm. So that's something like where you think about it, you're like, was it paranormal? Did, did something hide it and just reappear it? Or are we losing our minds? <laughs> you know, like there's some instances like that that happen where you're like, hmm. And you overlook it at first, but then when you think about it, you're like, that's not possible. Like, where did it come from? All that time that it was missing. We're running up on our hour. Uh, I do really appreciate you coming on. Is there anything that you wanted to promote or share with the audience? No, not really. I'm not really active online. Um, my uh, Instagram is ashley.d1994. It's basically the only public thing. Um, the wrestling promotion that I work for is Unsanctioned Pro. If anybody's into wrestling, definitely check them out. We're based out of Columbus, Ohio. Um, we run a show every other month. If you're local, absolutely check us out. We're trying to get bigger. We actually celebrate our four-year anniversary this Saturday on the 4th. So that's a big thing. Check so them out for sure. <laughs> are you a wrestling promoter? No. No, okay. I worked crew for them. Um, that was about it. We've been good friends with the guy that runs the promotion since the beginning. So we jumped on his crew and like we help him out here and there, but we're, we just go to every show. <laughs> oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah. Well, Catherine, make sure to let our audience know. I know many of them have already contacted you and reached out, but for those who haven't, where can they find all your awesome content? Catherine Ann Intuitive on Instagram, Catherine.Ann.Intuitive. I, I mean, you'll spell it out in the show notes, show, show notes for them, um, hopefully. <laughs> the she shore notes. Yeah, um, I've added many people that way. <laughs> yeah, and uh, CatherineAnnIntuitive.com. So lots of fun stuff going on there. Join me on TikTok. That's where I'm most active. And I heard a rumor that you're going to release one of your murder and mediumship episodes on Real Hauntings. Is that correct? Thank you for committing me to that. Yes, we have. I have um, an episode around the Black Dahlia. And if you Google Boy in the Box, that is a really freaky episode that just dawned on me today that I should definitely release on this show that y'all would really enjoy. So Awesome. Lots more creepy haunting stuff coming up for y'all, and that will be out whenever you hit that submit button for it. So it will be good to go. <laughs> awesome. With that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm Ashley. I'm Catherine. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. 
the team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.